This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Gruy. In this podcast, we're going to revisit one of those archetypal stories found in the Bible. It's the story we started this whole series of podcasts, The Questions That God Asks, and it's found in Genesis chapter 3, where we read, The serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God had made. And he spoke to the woman and he said, Do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, Well, not at all. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, Don't eat from it. Don't even touch it or you'll die. When the serpent told the woman, he said, You won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree, You'll see what's really going on. You'll be just like God, knowing everything, ranging all the way from good to evil. When the woman saw that the tree looked good for eating and realized what she'd get out of it, she'd know everything, she took and ate the fruit and then gave some to her partner, and he ate. And immediately the two of them did see what's really going on. They saw themselves naked. They sewed fig leaves together as makeshift clothes for themselves. And when they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, the man and his partner hid in the trees of the garden. They hid from God. And God called to the man, Where are you? And the man said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from that tree I I told you not to eat from? And the man said, The woman you gave me as a partner, she gave me fruit from that tree, and yes, I ate it. And God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The serpent seduced me, she said, and I ate. Now, whether you believe this biblical story, often called the fall from Genesis 3, really took place or not, the diagnosis of our human condition offered by the sacred author, I think, is spot on. We have all, at times, felt our souls estranged from creation, from God, from others, and even from ourselves. For healing, of this disease of soul estrangement, the medicine of forgiveness is most effective. In fact, I would say in the nearly 50 years of my ministry, I have not come across a more powerful, uh, effective uh, agent of liberation that's found than that is found in the power of forgiving. But uh, forgiveness, like all powerful remedies, is tricky stuff. Before using, we should read the warning label and consider the dosage. This is because the core ingredients of forgiveness are truth and honesty, and they can kill as well as heal. If we want to use the truth as a bludgeon to shame somebody else or extract revenge, the result will only perpetuate and magnify our estrangement. Truth and honesty can only be agents of liberation when applied within the context of restoring relationships in a desire for reconciliation. Now, as I say, in all the years of my ministry, 
I have never seen anything more powerful at helping to liberate people than forgiveness. And this was brought home to me by a wonderful woman that I met in my hospice career. Her name was Marilyn. And I, uh, it was a Saturday morning, and the on-call nurse had called me uh, because Marilyn's husband, Lou, wanted me to come visit as Marilyn was actively dying, and he wanted me to pray for her. Well, an hour later when I arrived, Marilyn's more than six-foot-tall, frail body was lying comfortably on a hospital bed in the living room. Her husband, Lou, and daughter, Anne, were, were doing fine as we drank coffee and ate homemade pie graciously provided by a, a generous neighbor. We shared favorite Marilyn stories, like the time in her younger years when she wanted new living room furniture. Lou didn't. So while Lou was off at work, Marilyn burned all their old furniture in the front yard, and Lou came home that night to an empty house. Well, the next day they went out and got new furniture. And then there was the time when Marilyn was a young girl on the family farm and somehow she accidentally cut off one of her fingers. And she used to love to tell how she was able to compartmentalize her pain in her own brain as her father put the severed finger on ice and drove her to the hospital where the digit was surgically reattached, all without pain medication. Her beloved father, a deeply spiritual man, had taught her how to ignore pain and she adored him. Larger than life, that, that was Marilyn. As I sat and watched her 91-year-old body breathe sporadically, I realized in younger years how she must have been a real head-turner, tall, lithe, and full of life. And I remembered on my first visit being captivated by her infectious Phyllis Diller-like laugh. I remember, too, how on that first visit she pointedly asked me, how to get free from the emotional pain of hating deceased family members. Well, you won't like my answer, I said. What, she pressed. Well, you have to forgive them. You're right, she said. I don't like your answer. I shared with her some of one of my favorite quotes I remember. Unforgiveness is a poison we drink hoping somebody else will die but she was not interested at all, and her soul pain continued. Seems that was a pain she just couldn't compartmentalize. On a subsequent visit, after I'd earned some trust, Marilyn shared the source of that deep soul pain. Her mother's dying at an early age led to the remarriage of her idolized father to a fairy tale-like evil stepmother. I forget a lot of the details now, but it had something to do with this new stepmom stealing family monies and her beloved father's affection for Marilyn. So it was with some surprise, months later, Marilyn called me up to see me between our regular visits. Now, that wasn't like her. She'd called because she had wanted to tell me in person that my advice had worked. She was so proud of herself and happy to share that she was finally free of her soul's pain. In her own way, in her own pace, Marilyn had worked out how to successfully forgive a long-deceased stepmother, only to discover that she was the prisoner that was set free. Forgiveness is powerful stuff. So after the coffee and the pie and the stories, Lou and Ann and I gathered around Marilyn's hospital bed. We joined hands 
and prayed that our beloved Marilyn would go gently into that place where the Bible promises there is no more suffering or tears or crying or pain. Thanks again for allowing me to join you for these few moments on your journey today. As a concluding thought, I'd like to share with you a a brief uh, idea from one of my favorite writers, Henry Nouwen. Henry Nouwen says, Forgiving does not mean forgetting, but forgiveness changes the way we remember. Forgiveness allows us to claim our power and not let the events destroy us. It enables them to become events that deepen the wisdom of our hearts. And may you be blessed this week as you travel through your life.